York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. You know what I'm saying? Like that coaching staff was amazing. You know, Woody was great. Woody he was just, you know, he was a coach that understood. You know, he gave us the freedom, but at the same time, like he he let us know he was in charge. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it got times we have battles, at times we have our disagreements, you know, as players and as coaches, but at the end of the day, we respected him. And I think a lot of that is missing in the game nowadays that, you know, sometimes these young guys don't respect their coaches. What's going on? This is Jealous from Nick and Tom's show. Here giving you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. Yeah, you know what time it is. And I'm here today joined with my guy, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G in the building. Oh, Mr. Reliable. Yes, sir. Always here. We recording right now is 1.30 in because we had technical difficulties as usual. But it is, this is a show must go on. Thank you, Raymond Felton, for that glowing, glowing recommendation of Mike Woodson, who we will talk about later because of some interesting news that hit Nick's Twitter this week. But first, before we get into Mike Woodson, we're going to get into this LaMelo ball news because you know, I don't really watch first take in ESPN. But my guy Ryan here is plugged into the ESPN happenings. And he hits me up and he's like, jealous. <laughs> First take, they're going in. <laughs> Lamella Ball to the Knicks. News is swirling all over the place. And I was like, word? Mm, all right. Break this down, Ryan. Yes. Yeah, so um, last week it was episode with Max Kellerman and Kendrick Perkins, they were basically debating about the Knicks. Of course. And, <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, that's you know, you already know that's like a main topic on first take. <laughs> and um and the topic came up of LaMelo Ball. And Max on first take said that there's been rumors spreading around NBA circles, you know, with the front offices around the league that LaMelo wants to come to New York and they and they believe that Melo is going to come to New York and also to further um support that Ian Begley came out and said as teams do their homework on players in the draft there's been a consistent theme about LaMelo Ball multiple teams believe Ball and those in his circle prefer that he lands in New York those mm. teams have picks projected later in the first round than the Knicks for what it's worth See, when Ian says stuff, I kind of start to listen a little bit. But there was a little bit of a problem with that. <laughs> a little bit of a problem with that. Uh, and that problem with that is Jermaine. <laughs> Jermaine Jackson. Nope, not the Jermaine Jackson you're thinking. Nah, not, not that Jermaine. Not that Jermaine. <laughs> The manager of LaMelo Ball replies in a DM that this rumor is a lie. So now what, Ryan? If you can't trust Ian Begley, who can you trust, Ryan? 
Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Here's why he said the rumors are false. Because at the moment, you don't know where the ping pong balls are or they're going to land at the moment. So therefore, you really don't have any power to be like, you know what? We want our client to be in New York because they don't know if New York is going to have a top three pick and they, or they don't know if New York is going to have a later pick in the draft where it's like, you know what? It's going to be highly unlikely that we'll be, we'll be able to push LaMelo to New York. Mm. So my man is playing it safe. He's like, okay, you know what? At the moment, we don't know where the ping pong balls are going to lie. So mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just going to be like, it's a lie at the moment. But I bet you if if the Knicks end up with a top three pick, my man is going to change it too. And he's going to be <laughs> like, you know what? We would prefer LaMelo to play in New York and they're going to try and push him to New York. She. Well, if that happens, if that happens, I, don't, I won't be mad. I also wouldn't be mad with Killian Hayes. He's a guy too. But if yeah. Melo comes to New York, Melo comes to New York, cool i'm happy yeah and it's funny too because on first take that same episode they asked kendra perkins who he believed the knicks should be after in the draft and he was basically co-signed he was like yo Lamelo ball should come to new york city that's who the knicks should be after because they say that the guy's swag and everything matches like he's going swag hey i mean <laughs> i mean the guy like the guy's confidence demeanor everything it it just it just rings New York. Like he's gonna be able to um play in the, with the bright lights on him, with the crowded Madison Square Garden, where it's gonna be ruckus. Uh, you know, it's, like it's it's just it's just funny to me. Like, like I'm just imagining reading the stats: like points, thirteen assists, nine rebounds, four swag. <laughs> swag don't win games. All right, it's fine. <laughs> Swag to win games, but the dude got the talent, though. He does have the talent. He does have the talent. He does have the passing ability. He does have the handles, the vision. Yes. He has all of that. Needs to jerk on a jump shot. We know. We all these things. We review this guy enough. Mm-hmm. And what's the one thing us New Yorkers complain about? We want guys here who can handle the pressure. And I'm. it's... At the moment, you know, it's up in the air that whether he can handle the pressure or not. But from what we've seen of him and his demeanor and everything, it seems like he'll be able to handle it. Yeah, seems like it. He's, he, he's moving like a Kardashian for a second, meaning you know, he had a lot of attention from young. Yeah. Um, so he definitely probably will be fine with the attention, most likely. That's I I get I gather that for sure for sure. Word. Time, time will tell if Lamelo ends up with the Knicks. Only a few more months of this guy. Only more, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and I and and oh. I fully endorse the hashtag Lamelo Knicks twenty twenty. Let's get that going. Um, better than the shoot, better than the the Kanye hashtag of twenty twenty uh, vision. Oh <laughs> wait, wrong button. Bruh. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Coaching news, coaching news, coaching news. Tom Thibodeau remains a front runner. Interview with the Knicks on Thursday. And pretty much the news is on Tom Thibodeau's is that the Knicks job is 
his job to lose. But someone wrote this and put it. He put the his time to lose line in a very specific way. There was all then a pause and then said, or more accurately, Thibodeau's if he wants it. Things that make you go, hmm. You see, uh, Thibodeau, he's waiting to see if there's some openings that happen in Philadelphia. Or Houston, where he might end up taking the job there. We already know the D'Antoni situation, so he might be waiting to see if somebody else is available. Pretty much, he's moving like the Knicks' is a backup plan, which is interesting because there's a port early in the year that suggested that he wanted the Knicks and only the Knicks. So now that we hear that he's waiting to see what happened to those guys, it's, it's kind of interesting. It makes us it makes me it makes us seem like we're not option one as previously reported. It makes sense as well. Oh uh, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Why would because, you say it makes sense, Ryan? Because if you look at Tim Thibodeau, I mean, if you look at Tom Thibodeau's coaching history, he had he excels when he coaches teams with veterans on it. So, to me, like, to me, Thibodeau does not seem like he's a developmental coach where he's going to get a bunch of young guys and develop them and have the patience to develop these guys into good players. He's, he seems like the type of coach where he needs veterans who yeah. can help him win in place. Mm-hmm. So, it wouldn't surprise me that Thibodeau's like, okay, I'm going to look at, I'm going to go to the next interview. I've coached here before. I'm familiar with the garden. I'm familiar with the atmosphere and everything. I'm going to interview. But at the same time, I'm going to see if any other better opportunities open up where there's teams in place where all they need is a good coach to to help, you know, put them over the top. Exactly. And pretty much, too, if you listen, Tom, this might be Tom's last shot, dog. (laughs) <laughs> this might be his last rodeo. He went to the tables, kind of imploded. Do you want to go to a franchise who is kind of struggling right now and implode with no vets except for your guy, Taz Gibson? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You might be in a situation where options save us from ourselves. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what makes this news even more interesting is the news that follows, right? <sighs> Listen, we have a guy here, right? Who's in the news, drafted by the Knicks, 1980s. Mm-hmm. Coach the Hawks, develop those guys. Yep. Came to the Knicks. Gave us a winning season. Yes, Probably he did. The only winning season in 20 years or so. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. 2013, the 2013 campaign, for sure. Last time we actually won a playoff game. Look at that. Talking about Mike Woodson, man. With all this thing about Tom Thibodeau being a little bit unsure... Interesting to see 
that a second round of, uh, of interviews have happened. And Mike Woodson is one of those guys who was interviewed. Hmm. Which makes you think this guy might be a frontrunner. Or could be the guy second in charge. Because when you're reading these articles, it's, it's saying that he would be the associate head coach or assistant head coach. But if Tom doesn't want it, then you would think that he'd be the head coach. Yes, he would. And with Mike Woodson now, if I have to choose between him and Tom Thibodeau, to be honest, I might be leaning towards Woodson just for the simple fact that Woodson has experience with grooming young players, like you said, when he was in, when he started his um, head coaching career in Atlanta, he had a bunch of young players like Josh Smith, Millsap, mm-hmm. etc., where he coached those guys up to become better players. Absolutely. And also the fact that I think Woodson is more, um, he's more um, into today's NBA as in the style of play because even when he coached the Knicks in. 2012, 2013, you know, when the Knicks had the 54-win season and they made the second round of the playoffs, he had the Knicks shooting threes. That was a three-point shooting team because we had J.R. Smith, Steve Novak, um, Copeland, and other players that could shoot the three. Right. Surrounded Melo with shooters. And then on top of that, um, the defense he played, too, was switching defense, which is prevalent in the NBA today. So I think Mike Woodson has a good understanding of, you know, the current, you know, the current um, atmosphere in the NBA and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks are like, you know what, let's give Woody another shot and see how it is, see how he does with these young players that we have right now. Yeah, absolutely, man, for for sure. Like he, he did build up that Atlanta team. Uh, Alf Horford, he ended up being an all-star under Woodson. Um, I think Jamal Crawford ended up being a six man of the year, similar to what J.R. Smith did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Josh Smith as well played well, ended up being you know second team all defense on the Woodson. Yeah, you also got you also got to remember Joe Johnson because when um he went to Atlanta, Joe Johnson was only a four year veteran, so Joe Johnson you know his game got better on the Woodson as well. Exactly, and. It, I keep saying I'm not keen on Woodson. I'm not keen on Woodson. I'm not keen on Woodson. I've been saying that for like months. There's still some worries. I still, we'll see what happens though. He did do well with the next shooting threes. I argue that, you know, the offense is a little bit too ISO heavy at times. Mm-hmm. The kind of argument is, you know, well, the Knicks were ahead of the curve of shooting threes and they did run pick and roll as well. I don't know if it was the right mix for me or maybe it was the timing of it, but it is what it is. I do like that him and and Glenn, they both collaborated and decided to bring in more three-point shooting. Yeah. And the way Leon Rose's brain works is he kind of lets the coach um, dictate how to do things. And if Woodson is of the mind where that, you know, we need three-point shooting – everywhere maybe he can be in Leon's role's ear again 
to get more three-point shooters here just in general. Yeah. And that would be ideal. Um, yeah. Pretty much. P- pretty much. Am I so lonely? Woody? <sighs> I guess I'm warming up to him. Still at my top choice. But it's hard to ignore Raymond Felton co-signing for him. Kenyon Martin co-signing for him. And even Carmelo Anthony, who was reported back in the day saying he would go to bat for Woodson mm-hmm. and that he was a great coach. Of course, Melo would say that. My, my dude Melo was dropped like 28 a game <laughs> with Woodson as a coach. <laughs> exactly. And people would say, too, Woodson got Melo to actually play defense. Yeah. And at yeah. the same time, Melo said there was an open dialogue between him and the coach where they was able to input ideas mm-hmm. and go back and forth. So, of course, players love that. Yeah, matter of fact, wasn't Woodson the one who introduced Melo to the pool? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was by, like... I'm not sure if it was a scheme or by necessity at the time. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to remember if there was, like, a bunch of injuries that caused him to play the four. And then it was like, oh, that's works. And it worked, and he just ran with it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Woodson was just like, oh, let's try it. I think it was the first options. I think people was getting injured and, and Melo had to play before. And then it was like, oh, it worked. Yeah. Then, oh, this works. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's move. <laughs> but yeah. Speaking of Melo, Ryan. Mark Berman. He has an interesting theory. He believes that there's been rumblings that Melo wants to end his career in New York. Would a Woodson signing or hire, rather, bring Melo to New York? And he also believes it's because, you know, Leon Rose and Melo are so tight that he feels like the moment Leon got to the Knicks, it was more probable that Melo would get here. Things that make you go, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's plausible. (laughs) It's definitely plausible. But he also said it's plausible that Marcus Morris might come back as well. Because there's also people in the Knicks that wanted to re-sign him. So, you know, he can actually be back. Um, well, well, yeah, that would make sense, too, because when, when Marcus Morris was actually here, dude was having career highs and stuff. So Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I would, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised that the Knicks would want to sign him back. Absolutely, absolutely. So look out for those guys. One of those guys can return him. Who knows? Hopefully it might be Christian Wood or somebody. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm with that. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, sir. Moving on. We're going to get to some of these other coaches as well. I know we kind of briefly talked about Thibodeau and the possibility of Woodson returning. Um, And I know a lot of you guys want Kenny Atkinson here, right? Because we talked about Kenny Atkinson before. Nets coach coached them up, got them to, you know, a 500 season led mm-hmm. by D'Angelo Russell. Kind of ran a five-out offense, tenacious defense. Yeah. And 
it was interesting that you didn't really hear Kenny Atkinson's name mentioned when it came to the second round of interviews. Maybe it's gonna, maybe it's coming later though. Maybe it is. But when you think about the success of Kenny Atkinson, you also have to mention one of the coaches that is being interviewed by the Knicks. And that coach is Chris Fleming. Chris Fleming is an assistant for the Bulls. Coach in Germany. Oh, international coach. International. International holes. Shout out to World Wide West. Shout out to World Wide West. (laughs) So the thing about him that was cool that was interesting to read was that uh, he won four straight championships in Germany and it was said that he did it with lesser talent. Okay. Exactly. He's also an assistant in Denver, but the telling part why I mentioned this and him and Kenny Axon together is he also coached three years in Brooklyn and is known as an offensive tactician. Okay. That make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been said that he is a huge reason why the Brooklyn Nets were so successful offensively. Okay. Pretty much, Kenny Askson ran the defense. Chris Fleming headed the offense. Also, Things Chris Fleming. That so, make you go, hmm. What are you saying, Ryan? No, I was saying, so Chris Fleming's the one who had the next bomb and threes from all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> so you think about that. And you think about Blitzen, who has a defense reputation, or even a Tom Thibodeau. You also got to think, man, maybe we should get this Chris Fleming in here. Maybe that was the guy. We all looking at Kenny Atkinson. Maybe we should looking at Chris. Yeah, I mean, but if we're going to bring him in, though, clearly we're going to need a defensive coach. <laughs> well, obviously. Well, if, if we have Woody here, it's supposed to be known as a defensive coach. Or Tom, who's also known as a defensive coach, even though yeah. some might say it might not work in the modern NBA. It only works when veterans run it. Mm-hmm. That's a concern. But at least we have those guys technically or defensive guys, then maybe Chris Fleming makes sense. True. True. Cool. All right. That's all I have to say about Chris Fleming. Next coach I actually want to talk about this is going to be a little short run of the assistant coaches are the two Spurs coaches or assistant coaches, right? The two that have been in the news is Ime Udoka who played with <laughs> Former <Tim> Nick. <laughs> what did you say? Former Nick for like a former <laughs> Nick for like a few days. <laughs> yeah, he was a former Nick, man. Just come on, come on, Ime. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a former Nick. Plays in the Spurs. Plays with the Spurs. Has assimilated the pop philosophy. Known as very driven, very meticulous, and a perfectionist. And he also the guy who oversees the Sixers defense. Okay, E May. Yeah. Also worked with. Guess who? Kawhi Leonard. Danny Green. Maybe you can work with some of those guys here. Is that him calling you, Ryan? He may call? 
Nah. <laughs> Yo, Ryan. Ryan getting those calls at one fifty in the morning. Who that, Ryan? Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. Yo, my fault. Mm. My fault. My fault. Things that make you go. Mm. <laughs> Ryan getting calls at one fifty in the morning. Um, <laughs> I see what's happening, Ryan. I, I see, see the fifth. Yeah, I, yeah, I see what's happening. <laughs> Ryan, I see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. All right, back back to the topic. Back All right, to back the to the topic. Yeah. Will Hardy is the next first coach. 31 years old from San Antonio. He was an organization for 10 years. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm going to be blunt. What I've heard about these assistant coaching searches is this. They are only really possibly interviewing these coaches just so they can learn the philosophies of other organizations. At least that's what sources say, according to Berman. Sources. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Leon Rose, new leader of the New York Knicks, doesn't really know anything. He wants to form a team, wants to form a philosophy. Why not steal from other successful teams? <laughs> makes makes a whole lot of sense. Exactly. So when people are like, why are we interviewing all these people? What who are all these assistants? Some of it may be that, you know. You want to actually add assistance to this team. Other reason might be trying to get knowledge, which might explain why we asked two Spurs coaches. <laughs> Got to steal that Spurs philosophy. <laughs> yes, sir. That pop philosophy led to like the Spurs making the playoffs for like 20 years in a row. Exactly. <laughs> Got like five championships. I'm just saying, just give me some of that. For real. <laughs> Knicks need a whole lot of that. <laughs> All right, so the next guy we want to talk about is Jamal Mosley. What do you have to say about Jamal, Ryan? All right, so I'm taking this um, excerpt from a New York Post article written by Mark Berman where George Carl endorsed Mosley, and this is what George Carl had to say. I thought he had a great connection with today's players. Okay. He was hungry. He was big in player development. Then toward the end of his time, we gave him scouting reports, game plan responsibilities. He was really good with basketball intellect and really good with the players. That's the combination you need in today's world and changing attitudes of the young players. And also they said in Denver, he worked closely, closely with Carmelo Anthony, who mm. is a client of Leon Rose. So there's, so there's a connection right there's there. There's a connection there. Yeah, and they you know said... How and they also go. said that Mosley's been a girl in Dallas for Luka Doncic and was the same for Dennis Smith Jr. before his trade to the Knicks. Hmm? I'm just this. Listen. Wasn't he the Dennis Smith Jr. whisperer? Wasn't he the guy who got him on the track? I mean, if Dennis is going to be here for anybody who still wants him. Well, that's if he's not traded. <laughs> if he's not traded. Actually, I fully expect him to be traded. I'd be surprised if he's here next season. Yeah. But if he is, maybe get him to, you know, be back to his old self. Who knows? Which would be a positive, seeing that he did average, like, 
15 points a game his rookie year. So if you can get him back to that point, it would be helpful. <laughs> exactly, because Fisdale definitely wasn't it. Nah. Neither was Keith Smart. <laughs> definitely not Keith Smart. Keith Doe? Yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. For some reason, Keith Smart got Moody a jump shot, but it couldn't give it to, to, to Dennis Jr. I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Or from Moutier. One of life's many mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts. But yeah. If you want to listen, if you want to read up on the coaches and the coaching search, definitely head to nakedtimeshow.com and read the article by our guy, uh, Jeff Stevens. Sure. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to a short next week. Listen, man. Listen. Always and forever. Free dot. Okay? I'm going to say that. The dot about to really be free, though. (laughs) No, 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 don't, 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 don't don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) For what it sounded like in the, uh, in the rumors. (laughs) But I mean, just be writing stuff. You. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Berman seems to think that because Dotson was drafted by Phil Jackson, has no connections with Leon Rose, Wayne Wesley, or anybody else, that he is as good as he's gone. Now, this could be true for sure. But I will say this. It is a good sign that he was not waived like Alonzo True. A. B. He has a qualifying offer. Yep. It's only $2 million. So, if the Knicks want to keep him, it's not like he would cost a whole bunch of money. Possible. Right? Yes, sir. Also, we already know why I like that. Plays defense. He's a 3D guy. A guy that I feel like got underused by the end of last season. Of course. Shot 45% from three in January. 44% from three in February. March gets injured. Never sees the light of day again. Now, when when John Macri's take on this is the coaches already had predetermined who they wanted to play. And because they predetermined who they wanted to play, when Dot was healthy, he never saw minutes. He lost him to our new, not for you designing. Who did we trade for Marcus Rowe again? Um, who we traded for Marcus Morris? Yeah, who do we get back from the trade for Marcus Morris? First round pick. And the name that escapes me. We we didn't get a player back from Marcus Morris. Yes, we did. From the Clippers. Defensive, small forward. Oh, we Harkless? started. Mo Harkless. Sorry. Oh, we yeah, got back Mo Harkless. Damn, that that lets you know that he was no factor whatsoever because I forgot listen, that dude was on the Knicks. <laughs> we got back Mo Harkless. And it was one of those things that make you scratch your head. It was, Bruh. 
It's like, why is he starting when we need three-point shooting? With that being said, I always felt like Dotson and Frank played well together. I always felt like they played great defense together. If you look at the numbers, the advanced numbers anyway, they always seem to have one of the best net ratings on a team. So to me, it's worth keeping Dot here long term. Will it happen? Who knows? Hopefully he stays here. I know at this point he is a role player, but I do feel like if given the opportunity and given the time, he can score a little bit more. A little bit more than 10 points a game. I agree. Um, since Dotson has been with the Knicks, it seems like he hasn't had a fair shot throughout his three years here because it seems like he's always one of those players where he gets playing time for a while, then for whatever reason, they put him back on the bench. And then a game comes, the Knicks need some scoring, some three-point shooting. Okay, Dotson, we're going to put you back in the game. He performs, then again, 5-10 game run. After that, bench again. Exactly. And the cycle continues. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can just see him going to some team like Miami and lighting us up. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I want that to happen. I want to keep him here, not free him from the bench. And the fact that you I mean, from the team. And, and the fact that the Knicks drafted him too, it's like wh- when is there gonna come a time where the Knicks gonna actually keep their draft picks? <laughs> <sighs> Might not be now, yeah. Might not be now. New regime. That's this is what happens when there's a new regime, man. This is what happens when have a new regime. They want to make their own moves, put their own stamp on the team. So who knows what's going to happen? Yep. Well, as always, free dot. Give that man some minutes and pay that man. Word. Please and thank you. Don't make him be permanent. Don't make him be permanently free. Just, nah, just nah, free. Just free, on the just, just free on the Knicks. Just free on the Knicks. And if he plays, if we keep him, I'm making a shirt. The shirt is coming. Big yes, guys. sir. Okay, now it's time for one of the favorite parts of the show. Oh, Oopics. Oopics, for those who don't know, are usually the best players of the week, but there is no Knicks basketball now. But since it was Patrick Ewing week, you're going to have some Patrick Ewing. Oh, Oopics. Yes, sir. Ryan, go ahead, my guy. What you got? My, my first school pick to celebrate the big man, Patrick Ewing, possibly the best Nick of all time. For me, it's between him and Walt Clyde Frazier. Mm. But um, so we're going to go back to 1995. Knicks versus Pacers in the playoffs. Game five. The Knicks were down 3-1 in this series. The Knicks needed to get back into the series. So Mm -hmm. the game was tight late in the game. The Knicks were down by one. Knicks inbound on the ball, got into Patrick Ewing. Mm. Patrick Ewing took on Antonio Davis head on. Even the spin move into the paint. Little little Florida hook. Game-winning shot. Kept the Knicks alive. Unfortunately, the Knicks went on to lose that series in seven, but still, Patrick Ewing showed his resilience and got the team the win that they needed to stay alive in the playoffs. Oh! All right. 
Captain. Yes, sir. I, my U pick, short, sweet, simple. Knicks versus Miami. The Patrick Ewing dunk on the rival Miami Heat big man Lonzo Moore. <laughs> <laughs> very simple, very simple. NBA Finals 1997. Ewing calling for the ball. Right side of court, one dribble, jumps up in the air, chest to chest, in this man's grill. Lonzo, big and strong as he is, falls back a little, stumbles a little bit. <laughs> Patrick, though, bangs it with force. Space. Boom shakalaka! Yammed it. Oh! That's my rule. Easy breezy. I... I do have one more old pick. I forgot. Okay. Adrian Wojnarowski. Ah. <laughs> For the email that he sent, um, that senator, I forgot his name. Was it John um, Hawley or something like that? Oh, man. I've got yeah, but um, he, um, the senator from Missouri, he had some choice words for the NBA saying, basically saying that the NBA kind of cowered to Beijing and, and why the NBA doesn't support military and law enforcement, et cetera. And Woe just had one simple response. Yeah. He just told that man, F you. He got suspended. <laughs> <laughs> he got suspended. But I did not know Woj was a G like that. Woj deserves a ooh pick. He deserves Bruh. the ooh. <laughs> Woj sent that from the work email, dude. Word. <laughs> He's not even the person, though. Not even the person. The work, the work oh, yeah. email. <laughs> yeah. Homie, the senator, he was against slogans that were, you know. He was trying to say, how come the NBA doesn't promote pro... What's the word I'm looking Pro police slogans on the back of their uniforms. Like, why is it like protest slogans? And Rose kindly said, in two magic words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm rolling. Mm. All right. Next, we have our other favorite part of the segment. Bruh. Bruh picks. Bruh picks are usually the worst plays of the week. But also, they are sometimes just crazy, bad things that happen. Word. Yo, do I have any bro picks this week? I have one. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> I have one. Listen. Is it a bro? Yo, the, the tabletop was wild, though. Did you see the table? Yeah, that, 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 that's where my bro was coming from. That's where my bro was coming from. That's where it was coming from. Oh, my God. I, 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 think, I think that red table talk alone does had like three or four bros. <laughs> it's three or four bros? Okay, well, break it, bro, break it down, bro, man, from the table. All right, so um, my first bro goes to Jada because 
like we knew the deal, but Jada was tiptoeing around, you know, pretty much explaining what happened on the red table talk. But I'm like, yo, just keep it real. Just keep it 100%. But she wanted to tippy toe talk about entanglement, which which people just (laughs) ran with. (laughs) The internet just ran with that (laughs) the whole weekend. (laughs) Now, now, to be fair, Ryan, Mm -hmm. if you look up entanglement, entanglement is actually defined as a complicated relationship, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> from, from from that standpoint, Jada might have a point. But at the same time, you know, Will kind of corrected him and was like, why don't you just say it was a relationship, not an entanglement? Because, man, you know, you know when people do foul stuff, they got to flower it up. Mm-hmm. You know, when we read the dictionary version, entanglement, the action or fact of entangling or being entangled. <laughs> Y'all hate when that person that thing has nothing to do with nothing. What? Uh, <laughs> it's the same word over. Second version: a complicated or compromising relationship or situation. Mm, entanglement. I mean, it was it really complicated or did? I mean, it seemed complicated. <laughs> or did or did Jada just want her cheeks clapped? Like I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anything else, Ryan? Um, yeah, another bro. Um, goes to Will because Will, why Will you, bro? Nah, because I understand Will is hurt. You know, it, my bro just goes to, like, him just trying to play it off. because He was like, I'm going to get you back. And then Jada was like, you already got me back. But Abu was like, oh, no, I'm going to really get you back. But he said, he said it in a joking way, but he knew he was serious at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My thing is, he probably already got her back. He probably did. For sure. For sure. For sure. Bruh. Word. Bruh for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't get I don't get it, Ryan, but I'm, I'm just trying to ride with you. I don't get it. <laughs> no, because there, there was a lot of there was a lot of tippy toeing without people being like 100 percent straightforward, like, you know. No, nah, what was like, yo, get to it. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jada was tiptoeing. Yeah. Will was like, what happened? But at the same time, though, I'm like, Will, we were trying to laugh it, laugh it off, like, I'm gonna get you back. But everybody knew it was real. Like, yeah, he's gonna really get her back. I'm just saying that Will should just been straight up like with a serious face, like. I'm going to get you back. Hope you know that. You know, I'm going to get you back. Know. I'm not going to listen. I can't blame that man for how he reacted to that. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole wife is with a whole new person. It's publicized and you probably want wonder about him. And yeah. Mm. I mean, the whole, the whole situation is wild. I mean, yeah, it's wild. But it is what it is. Word. He gets to broadcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm equal opportunity. I guess. <laughs> Anything else, Ryan? No, nah, that's it. That's the only old bro I got for this week. <sighs> I bet. Cool. Well, that is our show. Tune in next week for a new Nikatama show. Shout out to Dash Radio. 
definitely listen to us on youtube.com slash show. Also, listen to us on soundcloud.com slash show, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Google Play, all that news. All right. Also, follow us on all social media, thekotshow.com, not thekotshow.com, the KOT Show on Twitter, Nick and Time Show on Instagram. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, just follow J. Ellis Draws Things. Where can I find you, Ryan? They can find me at Sir G is Chilling. Sir G is Chilling. That is S I R G is C H I L L I N on the Instagram. There it is. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC.